Sarah was telling me that she bought this like a little activity months ago and it just happened so it was perfect for today's uh, service. And so I love when moments like that just work out perfectly. So friends, today our sermon is a part of that being challenge. We're, we're walking through five keystone habits to help us be more like Jesus. And we know that the secret to be like Jesus is to be with Jesus. And so uh, maybe, you know, as we've walked through these keystone habits, you're saying, yeah, I've, I've got that regiment of, of uh, studying scripture down. You know, I'm, I kind of feel like I've, I've got that. But maybe I need to commit to community. Or maybe as we look ahead, uh, your habit that you want to pick up is that uh, choosing church that we're going to talk about next week. Or maybe the, the last week when we seek solitude. That's the habit that you really want to learn more about and implement into your life. And again, these keystone habits... These keystone habits are habits, spiritual habits, that if we put them into place, everything else in our spiritual journey will fall into alignment. And so today, friends, I would love for you to consider the keystone habit to prioritize prayer. And so when we talk about prioritizing prayer, what does, what does that mean? Because if, if we're being honest, it's not something that, uh, that I do regularly. It's something that I kind of fall back on. It's something for me that is a last resort and not a first response. And so friends, I want to help us prioritize prayer. And what is prayer? It's simply just our conversation with God. It doesn't have to be any, anything more complicated than that. It is simply talking to a friend. Bringing to God our, our hopes and dreams and uh, wonderful things that he has done. Those blessings, thanking God for those blessings in our lives. And so there are so many types of prayers. And we model them throughout our, our church service. And I love that we do that. Bringing forth those prayers of, of healing and, and peace and provision and even thanksgiving. And even, you know, those moments where we get to pray repentance. Asking God to forgive us of our sins. But, you know, that's as a church. But as I look into my personal prayer life, does it look the same? Or does it look a little bit different? Do I prioritize prayer in my own life? And so does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar to anybody else? You've worked all day long, really hard. And then you come, come home and you spend time with your family and you give them the three or four hours and, that you have and you've given them everything. And so you fall into bed, exhausted from the day. And you know you should pray. You know you should pray. And so you mutter something about, you know, uh, well, uh, I pray for my family. I hope they're, they're healthy and I just pray for a good day at work. And, you know, if you're a super Christian, if you're a super Christian, you remember those three prayers of healing that you promised for other people. You know, hey, I, I pray for you and you remember those. But sometimes it doesn't quite look like much. It's, it's not much. And so we don't prioritize prayer. And so Tara and I do have this rhythm of, of praying together as a couple. And so this is a sidebar, but couples in the room, if you do not have the habit of praying together, please implement that habit. That might be the best advice I give all this morning. So if you're a couple, just prioritize that habit of praying together, whatever it might look like. And so yes, we have this, this time of prayer, but it's not deeper. You know, I look back on like the last three weeks of prayer, and honestly, if God answered every single one of my prayers for the last three weeks, how big of a world impact would that have had? What impact would that have really had? Yes, for sure, some people would have been healed. Some miraculous healings would have happened, and that is amazing. But really, am I praying 
bigger prayers? Am I, am I prioritizing it in my life? Is it really changing who I am? Is it changing the people around me? Or am I praying safe prayers? And so, friends, I, I want us to, to have some guidelines around what this can look like. Maybe implement some principles around prioritizing prayer. And so I've got four simple guidelines for us to maybe, maybe take upon this habit, take on this challenge to prioritize prayer. And so we've got pray first, pray continually, pray while listening, which might be the biggest one of the morning, and then pray for others. And so our, our first one, pray first. What does this look like? And I've been in the colloquy process for the last couple months, and you know, I've been reading a bunch of Lutheran doctrine, the Book of Concord, and a lot from Martin Luther specifically. And so as I'm, I'm reading Martin Luther and you know, researching for this sermon, I, I looked at what he thought about prayer. And it, is, it permeates his writings. As I, I read all of, all of his writings, his, his thoughts on Romans or whatever it might be, I notice two things. The first thing is that everything comes back to Scripture. Every point that he makes is a scripture reference. And the second thing, prayer permeates his writings. He prioritizes prayer throughout his writings, throughout his life. He had a dependence on prayer, dependence on God through being with God in prayer. And so I found this quote that really drives home the point to, to pray first. And it says this from Martin Luther. It says, Pray like it all depends on God. Then, when you are done, go work like it all depends on you. And again, Martin Luther was this wonderful Reformation hero, wasn't he? We have the Lutheran church because of what he did. He had the highs and lows of life. But when he was having this Reformation moment, talking against the Catholic Church, saying, oh, this isn't right. There's a different way to do church. There's a way to bring God to the people that we are building barriers. We don't need to do this. That high was met with the low of him being ordered an execution. He had an execution order on him. And so he is on the run from the Catholic Church. That is the low of lows. He had nothing else but to depend on God. And so when he's on the run, when he's in the cave, all he has is prayer to God. That is all he has. So he prays first. And I love, I love when he says, then, then after you've done that, work as if it all depends on you. Because when we pray, we align our wills with that of God. We ask God, God, before I act, before I move, I want to be with you first. I want your guidance. I want my will to be in alignment with your will. So then, so then I know how to work. I know who to love in this world. I know that I'm going to work in this world. I'm going to work hard. And I know that I'm going to work like it all depends on you. But I want you to be in the driver's seat. I want to have my dependence on you instead of my reliance on myself. And for Martin Luther, again, he had that first response as prayer, not a last resort. And so I know, I know for me, that's not my first response. That's something that comes later. My first response is trying to do it all like it depends on me. I get this quote backwards. 
I try and work so hard and so much of the time it doesn't work out. But instead, what would it look like for us if our first response in whatever is happening in your life, no matter what struggles you're going through, maybe even the, the celebratory moments, the mountaintop moments, those moments we can pray first and thank God for that. And then, and then work as if it all depends on us. And this isn't something where we just pray first and that's it. No, this is something we need to pray continually, which leads us to our second principle for the morning. The second guideline that I want to help us put into place is pray continually. And our gospel reading for the morning, you know, from, from Luke 17, Jesus tells this parable. And it's really interesting how he tells the parable. Most of the time, Jesus tells a parable, the story, and then afterward he explains what it's about. Let's look, let's look at the difference here in Luke uh, 17, starting in verse 1, or 18, sorry, Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It says this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He starts with the lesson. He starts with, this is what you should get from this parable. This is the point, that you should always pray and not give up. And I think, I think he tells it that way because he knows that we'll get this backwards. That, that we won't always be praying. That we won't have this principle of praying continually in our lives. And so he starts with this in this parable. And then verse 2 and 3 says this. It, it actually goes into the parable and it says, Jesus said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. And so in this parable, we are the widow. We are to pray continually. We are to bring our concerns, our cares, to the unjust judge, which in this parable is God. Which is so interesting that God is seen as the unjust judge in this parable. Because the, the, the meaning behind it, Jesus is saying that God is not an unjust judge. He is comparing and contrasting. The unjust judge still brings blessings, still brings justice to this widow. And how much more, the contrast, how much more will God bring justice? How much more will God bring blessings? How much more will God answer our prayers when we pray continually? This unjust judge, he brought justice for the widow. After the widow came time and time again with a, uh, with a plea. So how much more can God bless us if we pray continually? And then the last part, uh, the ending of the parable is a bit of a warning to us. It says if we don't pray continually and we remain faithful to God, there may come a time where we are found lacking because of our faith, because we don't have faith. And so our third principle, our third principle for the morning is to pray while listening. And so this is the one where I have had the biggest change of heart. I've had the most real experience with this one. Many of you know this story, but I haven't told everyone. So my first job right out of college, I worked for this company called Cerner. And uh, I, uh, I worked very hard. I worked 60, 70 hour weeks, traveling across the country in hospitals, and it was awesome. And I was leading projects, and that time came around uh, to work with my manager about the review cycle. 
and to try and see if I can get that promotion. And I worked with her and said, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything of a level one person. I'm doing some things of a level two and a level three person. I'm working everything. I'm doing so, I'm doing my best. My manager said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're for sure going to get the, the promotion. There's no way you don't. Well, I didn't get it. And that wrecked me. That wrecked my identity. Because I found my identity in my accomplishments. Which that's a sermon for another day. But in that, in that it finally, it finally made me pray. I finally went to God in prayer and said, God, why? God, why? I, I prayed before to asking God, yes, I want this promotion. I'm working hard. I'm doing everything as if it depends on me. Lord, you're going to bless me with this promotion, right? This is what I want. I've worked hard for this. And, and, and I know, God, that you're, you're kind of like a cosmic slot machine, right? I put my prayers in the coin slot. I pull the handle while, as I say amen. And then I sit back and I bathe in my blessings. That's what I expected from prayer. That's what prayer is, right? But in this moment, I realized there was something more to prayer. That as we pray, as we pray first, as we pray continually, as we change and listen to God in prayer, something happens. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you as well. That there have been moments where you have prayed earnestly and vulnerable to the Lord, asking for maybe prayers of healing or for something for your kids, and it wasn't answered. And it's that moment of, why, God, why are you even there? Are you even listening? And I know that I have had those moments as well. But I want to tell you that if things aren't good, God's not done. We have a redemption. We have a full culmination of the glory of Christ. And so in this moment, I finally broke down. I finally, in this moment, I have my dark night of the soul. And I started asking God and listening to him in prayer. God, why? And just like we talked about last week with our study scripture, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That was finally my prayer. Finally my prayer. I'm listening, God. What do you have? What do you have for me? And again, this is, this is months this is going for a long time. I am, I'm wrestling in this dark night of the soul. And I finally hear God say, you should do ministry. To which I promptly said no. And then God said, no, 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 no. You should do ministry. And again, I said no. And then God said, you don't understand how this works. You're going to do ministry. I finally said okay. I said, what does this mean? Well, seminary. Three churches later, I am here. And so I don't know what it's going to look like for you. I don't know what this might mean. That you need to, to pick up this habit of listening to God in prayer. That this might be the thing that changes everything for you. That you have these prayers, and you're praying at God instead of listening to God. And, and, and this is a moment where we get to be with Jesus in our prayers. Again, that is the whole point of this sermon series. And so maybe this is how everything changes for you. That if you put this habit into place, everything else falls into alignment. And then this last principle. This last principle. Pray for others. It seems so simple. We do it every week. But how often do we forget it? How often is that the prayer that falls on the back burner? And so I, I want us to turn our attention to the Gospel of John. Where Jesus, in, in the story of John, this is where he's having his Garden of Gethsemane moment. And he's praying for everyone. 
He's praying for his disciples. And then he has this wonderful prayer for all believers for all time. This prayer is for us. And so I want us to look at it together. Uh, It's from John chapter 20, uh, verses 20 and 21, I do believe. John 17, sorry, John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. And this this is Jesus' prayer for us, for all believers. He says this. My prayer is not for them being the disciples alone. He's not just praying for disciples. No, no, no. I pray also, this is Jesus praying for all of us. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Through the message the disciples are going to take to the world. This is a message that started centuries ago. 2,000 years ago. This message, this is what Jesus prays. He is praying for us, for all others, for all time. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may know that you have sent me. What, what, if we, what if we use this as a model for our prayer? That we prayed for all others just as Jesus did. That they may know us, that we are one, united in Christ. That we are one church. That we are with Jesus. That as our prayers come true, We are praying for others for blessings in their job, in their relationships, for their family, that success would come to them, that their wills would align with that of God's, that as we learn how to love others well and fight back darkness in this world, that we do so in the power and name of Christ, that as we choose, as we choose to be with Jesus in prayer, It would change not only us, but those around us as well. That when we pray for others, that we look back three weeks from now, that those prayers, if they were answered, it really changes the people around us. That we pray, Lord, make their heart new. I know they're going through some struggles, but Lord, I want them to turn to you first. I want them to cling to you and not to their own understanding, not to their own power, not to their own dependence, but that they would depend on you. Lord, I know that you can do this. I know that you have been faithful before. I know that in your prayer that Jesus prayed all those years ago, that all people would come to know the name and the power of Jesus Christ. Let that be our prayer, that we pray for the people in our atmosphere, where we live, work, and play, that they would come to know their risen Savior, that they would come to know that they are made new through the sacrifice of Christ that they are white as snow, that their sins are upon Jesus as he goes to the cross. And as he dies, he dies the death that we deserve, but he raises again, he rises again, he lives again, so we have life as well. So friends, what would it look like? What would this be like if we were a community, if we were a church body that got this right, that we prioritize prayer, that we pray first, that we pray continually, that we pray while listening. God, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And we pray for others. Friends, let us take the challenge to prioritize prayer. Amen? Let us pray. Holy and precious Father, I thank you so much that you came to this world to give us new life 
that as Jesus went to the cross, he took our sins upon himself. And as he came out of the grave, he defeated death, sin, and the devil on our behalf. And so that when we pray to you, when we prioritize prayer, we are prioritizing our prayer to a God of miracles. We are prioritizing a, a God, prayer to a God that is near to us. That when we pray first, then when we pray continually, then when we listen to you in our prayer, and then we pray for others, that we know that you are near to us, that we are dear to you. And so, Lord, I pray all of this in the name and power of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And friends, now I'm going to invite up our ushers as we gather our tithes and offerings.